Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Main of Your Own with me, Linda Moyo. And me, Claire Quonsa. So we're back with our second episode. And today's topic is the natural hair movement. That is actually a hashtag. There's lots and lots of posts about it. A lot of women, both the States and here in the UK, have sort of got on board and basically wanted to go back to their roots and see what their natural texture's like. And so we thought it would be a great discussion point. But I guess before we do that, let's start by just talking about what our current hair state is. Claire? <laughs> so today, my hair, I have a twist. I've twisted my hair. Um, I did it myself, which is quite a big deal for me. I've put in just kind of Afro kinky um, hair extensions and twisted it. So it's kind of down to my shoulders ish. It doesn't look as good as when I get, um, a, a professional or semi professional to do it, but I'm kind of impressed with it. This I think time. it looks really, really good. It's quite, they're quite thin twists. Yeah. And there's color in there as well, which I actually, when I first saw you, I thought you dyed your hair. So that's, you know, that's a good sign. It looks really natural and like, you know. <laughs> and your hair? My hair is an absolute mess. I decided, but bizarrely, nothing to do with this podcast, obviously, but I decided to straighten my hair last week. So, you know, trying not to be natural, basically. <laughs> um, and it was okay for the first day, but it's just so dry and the ends badly, badly need trimming. I've not had my hair cut for two and a half years. Do you know what? I'm probably about the same. I don't think I've cut my hair for, for a couple of years. Um, which I think that's probably a whole discussion in itself, isn't it, of people? Yeah, but I know I need to do it. I really need to do it. And the last time I had it cut two and a half years ago, you know, it, it was it was cut really well, actually. And I, the difference in it, the way it sort of just bounced up and just looked more healthy. And I, from that day, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this every few months. Did I stick to that? No, just no. because it's just what I'm used to is dodging scissors. No, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. So cut my hair a couple of years ago. And the same thing. Oh my gosh, my hair's so healthy. It looks amazing. Oh, I'm definitely going to cut it every few weeks. You know, every couple of months I'll be at the hairdressers and then it doesn't happen. To be honest, now I probably do just sometimes take the scissors to it myself. And if I see a few yeah. dead ends, I'm yeah. just, they I'll call, trip the trip, trip yeah. it myself. They call that dusting. Yeah. You've heard of that. So like where you just go through pretty much meticulously go through every strand of hair <laughs> and just snipping less than a millimeter off the ends i've done that before as well but it does need a good cut now so it's kind of up in a top knot today with fuzzy bits hanging out the back because i've just not combed it for days or done anything and yeah it really needs some help but hey um, maybe after this podcast i will it will inspire me to go and uh, wash it and <laughs> make it curly again so how long have you been natural um i've probably actually been natural for about I think probably about 14 years without thinking about the fact that I've been natural for yeah. that long. So um, I think I mentioned before, I did have relaxed hair for quite a few years, uh, probably for about eight years. Oh gosh, yeah, probably it's about eight years or so, from about 16 to maybe early 20s. Um, and then at one point, I think I just thought, right, I want to start 
putting braids in it because it was easier and relaxing my hair was getting um expensive and um a bit of a commitment and hard work so I decided to just start putting braids in my hair again and it just happened like that so it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision to say right that's it I'm gonna go natural um but since then I have maintained it and I think I've gradually become more conscious of the fact that I've got natural hair and I've gradually learned more about how to look after it and what to do with it um yeah about 14 years or so I think yeah I think I'm the same about 14 years as well and it was just I think I probably explained this in the last podcast but I just got sick of having the same limp relaxed hair it just sort of just seemed like my hair was just a bit dead and just lifeless Mm. and I actually I went to America um, as part of uh, like an exchange thing when I was at university and to cut a long story short I ended up having my hair done in a weave for the first time and it was done by the same hairdresser that did Aaliyah's weaves Aaliyah the singer randomly like wow how good is that (laughs) and so she did it so well I mean it was tight I had to take some painkillers afterwards but it looked so good it was really flat I had like this really long silky hair and I just thought I need to learn how to do this. So when I got back to the UK, I got my sister to take the weave out. I didn't want it to be ever to come out, but you know, <laughs> it had to at some point. And we kind of took it out track by track. And um, from that worked out how she'd done it so well. And it was basically, she, it's all about, all about the base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it has to be cornrowed in a way, which is, small and flat and she'd sort of use this spiral technique of doing it which we then remembered and the next time we sort of practiced on each other and got it down to a tea really wow. so that's how I learned how to do weaves but so as a result I then had weaves for months and months and months and months which meant I had a lot of regrowth yep. from the relaxer underneath and then I think one time when I took the weave out my roots were quite a few inches long and they were just so bouncy and full of life and just seemed happy. And then you've got the dead bit <laughs> and then, at the end. Yeah, just, and then I've got all these hangs. inches of like relaxed hair that's just like, you know, uh, just flopping down. And I thought, you know, I need to I need to see what my natural texture is about. And so that's how it started. And I think I wonder actually if it hadn't been for the weaves, if I would have bothered mm. because I needed to see it to kind of believe that there was a possibility there of having nice, curly, natural hair. So I did, that's the way I did it. I transitioned through these weaves and just cutting off the dead end slowly mm. over time until I had quite, quite a short sort of Afro-y kind of look, um, which I then just went for. And yeah, my hair was just healthier and bouncier and just never really looked back since, to be honest. Um, and as you said, it's been a learning process ever since of different things I can do with it. Because I didn't, you know, I I just kind of think with natural hair, if you're going to have it in a weave all the time, are you a true natural, really? (laughs) So now we've got Lisa Samuels, who's a photographer born and raised in Manchester. um, And she has a project coming up, which is all about natural hair that we thought would be interesting to share on our show. Hi, Lisa. Hi. To start off with... Tell us about your hair and your background. Okay, so my hair, for being very little, was very, very tight curls. Um, Very much like a sponge, 
as as you'd call it. <laughs> so my mum didn't really know how to handle it. And from growing up, we just basically put relaxers on them, yeah. uh, on my hair. Your mum's white, isn't she? Yeah, my mum's white, yeah. So from being so little, it was always relaxed. So I never knew what my hair type was mm. until two years ago. I decided to shave it all off wow. and let it grow back. So you, you took took the clippers to it? Yes. And shaved it off. I can't believe that was only two years ago because I know people can't see, but her hair is just amazing. amazing. Thank you. <laughs> it's so bouncy and it's it's long as well considering yeah, it two is, years' growth. It's actually longer when you pull it. It just springs yeah. back up again. And looks so how did you find that process? And obviously there was that, that first feeling of having no hair almost. How did you feel about that? Um, well, to be fair, for the last couple of years building up to it, my partner had been telling me constantly, just start again, get rid of it, because I was constantly complaining about my hair never yeah. looked right. And I kind of just thought, oh, I'm just ignoring him because he's not right at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way he's right. Um, and then it, I just, no products would sit in it. It mm. just was greasy all the time and like tying it up, it just had the tiniest little bun at the back. You know, it just... I just felt really um, cautious about my hair. Yeah. So I went to the hairdressers and just had a, a little trim on it. And still, I didn't feel comfortable. So then I said, right, we'll go for the clippers on the side and we'll keep it a little yeah. bit long on top. Um, but at this point, I was still straightening it. So I was still putting a chemical okay. relaxer on the hair. Um, and it just was, it just ended up like chewing gum, basically. Mm. My hair was just <laughs> wow. a mess, a complete mess. So... I decided, because I'm originally a hairdresser to start to start oh, off with. Okay. So I got the clippers out the bag and my partner was sat in the kitchen. He's like, what are you doing? And wow. I was like, I've had enough. So I got the number four and I just... Sounds all like over. a film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just shaved it off all over and he's just like, oh my God. I was like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So from shaving the head to then learning how to manage your natural hair. What was that process like? Um, it was really difficult because at first all I could do was like twist it in mm -hmm. tiny little mm -hmm. twists and that took like about two hours to yeah. do. Mm -hmm. So trying to keep that style for a couple of days without having to redo it was quite difficult. Um, but then it was learning products, which was quite fun because mm. I found out that Lush did Afro hair products. I did not know this. Did you know? I only <laughs> found this out very, very recently because they did some event and a few um, oh. Instagrammers put stuff up about it. So I haven't tried any of yeah. them, but I was in shock. Really, really good. And that, and then, so I washed my hair and then I would put the, it's called R&B. Um, and I put that in, it smells so nice. And it kept the, it kept the lock, yeah. like the lock in for about four or five days. So it was perfect. And then as it got longer, I realized that, you know, if I twisted it and then I pulled, you know, like my curls yeah. apart and I got some really nice curls. Um, and then, yeah, and I just learned by watching videos mm. and trying different products. And it's even better now that I can just pop to boots yeah. and there's a array of products for me to like yeah. pick up off the shelf. So, so what are your go-to products then? At the moment, I'm using a product from Boots. It's, is it Man U? It's spelled M-A-U-I. Okay. Oh. I don't, I can't pronounce it, but yeah, they've got a array of, they've got loads. They've got shampoo, conditioners, products for children as well, like okay. sprays. Mm. And uh, they've got a leave-in, um, curl cream at the moment, which I use that. Um, and 
the way I do my hair now because it's so long is I just like when I wet it when I wet it it's yeah. like comes out like this microphone head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I just get a brush and I brush it now and then it just springs like the curl just springs mm. back so yeah that's, that's what does your partner think he loves it prefers it to yeah relax. Yes. yeah absolutely loves my hair yeah, he's he's just he just says, "I told you so" all the time. <laughs> well, it looks great. It looks it looks really really good. What's what's do you have like a goal with your hair? Because like for me, I it's always been. We've talked about this before, Claire. Like length, we want length, 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 and don't want shrinkage. Which it's I think it's, it's inevitable. It's, <laughs> it's silly to think that way, and you've got to kind of just embrace what you've got. But do you kind of have any kind of hair ambitions? Are you just keep growing it, or are you happy with it the length that it is now? I actually just want to keep growing it as the, as big as I can. Mm. I want to have the biggest afro yeah. ever. <laughs> um, at first, I could never imagine like having my hair so big. Yeah. Um, I've just washed it this morning and done it, but I haven't got the afro combing it yet, so it, it will get bigger than this. Yeah. But I really, I just really, I want, I'm not really bothered about the length. I'd kind of want it to be bigger, bigger. all directions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to your project that you're working on. Okay, so I've still got a few friends actually that are um, wanting to transition, but I think they may be being a little bit scared as to not kind of go for the the big chop like I did. Um, So it'd be nice to get some people that are transitioning and have and the hair has grown out and we want to get a series of photographs of curly hair types. So it's going to be a portrait and it's going to focus on the hair. So we want um, loose curls, tight curls, preferably Afro textured. Mm-hmm. And we're looking to get about 100 people so we can... So when people look through um, the book or they go to... Um, hopefully we're going to get this in a gallery. They can see all the different types of hair. And hopefully we'll get everybody involved there so we, they can kind of talk to yeah. people and get inspiration. It's kind of going to be a, an inspirational book and you know maybe build this up on social media as well we can show all the portraits online yeah hopefully it brings more people together because it is kind of turning into quite a big community now definitely I think the natural hair movement is is so much bigger now and especially in the UK there are so many more people that are embracing their natural hair so I think it could be really really nice to do to be able to see so many people with their different styles of hair and how people have embraced their natural hair would be good yeah definitely um because there is so many textures out there and now people are embracing it more I think it would be nice to see it, see all these, like, and even if we speak to them and they put like a short little script underneath Mm. as to how they started out, their story. Mm. Um, It'll be interesting to see what age range of people you get, because I always sort of think that it's probably people our age and a bit younger that are kind of with this sort of movement. And it's the older generation, apart from your mum. Apart from my mum. <laughs> um, we'll get my mum to take a picture, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are perhaps more apprehensive about ditching relaxer, I guess. Really? Right. I think so. It's probably just a generation yeah. thing, the way that they've been brought up. And got to remember, I suppose, that back then, um, no one was really talking positively about Afro hair. So No. But hopefully you'll get a range. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hopeful. Um, we seem to be doing quite well at the moment. We only put the shout out yesterday, and we've had quite a lot of people come, um, message me on social media. 
but I really want to get more into the mixed race side. Um, I want to see that, you know, the textures from that hair really. And maybe, um, you know, the, the looser curls, maybe we could hold that for another project, but I do want to see more Afro types of hair and I'm sure they're out there. Mm, they're just definitely. hiding away. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are a bit scared of having their picture t- taken as well. What's your, you've been a photographer a long yeah. time. What's your sort of style, I suppose, to put people at ease and, and like what, you know, they want to look good basically, don't they? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, I have, I don't like being in front of the camera. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm like, oh my God, I get twitch <laughs> in front of the camera. Um, but I'm really talkative and I'm really friendly and I will talk the, talk them through the process and hopefully they won't even know I've taken the picture I'll have them so yeah, relaxed that's and good. it's just going to be a really nice atmosphere hopefully there'll be you know a few other people there that they can talk to and you know we'll do mm. it you know as a really easy and comfortable as as possible and yeah so where are you planning to take the photographs then will people have to come to you yeah well, hopefully we're going to do it at um, Bolton University. Okay. We've got the studio there. I've spoken to people in there and we're able to use a studio. Hopefully we're going to start doing the shoots in January. Okay. Because um, it's a bit of a quieter time then for the students yeah. to finish doing their projects and stuff. Um, so, this, you know, the setup is there is amazing. We've got all the lights. Um, I'm not as too sure how I'm going to set it up yet. I'm still working on that, but I kind of like um, a kind of an orangey background, kind of mm. brings out the skin. But yeah, that's where we're going to do it. And hopefully we're going to start this in January. So we just need a few more people before we can get the ball rolling. And how long before you think it would be exhibition ready? <clears throat> um, as, um, well, I want to push this as quickly as possible, but not in a rush. Um, mm. But up, but. We could probably do an online exhibition if it isn't prepared yet, you know, to get it out there into Manchester. But, you know, by the summer, I want to try and get it out there. But we'll definitely start the online exhibition so people can see the pictures as it's building up and we'll create a profile on there. And then we'll then hopefully get them printed and get them to, like, you know, a gallery and get everything shown and... I'd imagine, I'd imagine once you've done it, you'll start getting people from other cities in the UK yeah. interested. Because I know that, you know, I mentioned about um, there was a Freckle exhibition. I uh, can't remember the, the photographer's name, but that happened a while back. And he was inundated with mm. people from around the world wanting to be part of it. <laughs> so are you ready for that? <laughs> yeah, I'm so ready for that. I'll have to get a team. You'll have to be on part of the team. <laughs> um, definitely, yeah. I, I have looked at this, um, the Freckles portraits, and yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. I really, really love that. I've got to try and figure out how to... Um, capture a portrait and make sure that everybody's focused on the hair and, and not kind of all oh, the beautiful face and stuff like that and yeah, so I've got to try and true. figure that out as well set the lighting right but it, it'll be worth it in the end and yeah it's, I think we're going to get a really good feedback from it right sounds great can't wait and you're going to be part of it as well aren't you yeah hopefully you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. great <laughs> there we go that's two more people for you <laughs> So if people want to get involved in the project or take a look at some of your photography, how can they get in touch with you and find you? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, For the photographer page, it's Lisa Jane Photography, but Lisa is spelt L-I-E-S-A. Don't ask, it was (laughs) a parent thing. Very unique. (laughs) Thank you. And... um, my natural afro page is kind of personal but please do get in touch on there and it's natural.afro uh, you can find me with both of them names on facebook and instagram 
Fantastic. I'm sure lots of people will be getting in touch. Thank you. Are there any particular products that you can't live without now? So I am a big fan of Shea Moisture products. I think I probably only discovered them online. So from watching tutorials and things like that, and lots of people recommended them. At the moment, I use the um, the range that's Jamaican black castor oil, that range, because actually the first set of um, Shea Moisture products that I bought, I don't think that they worked really well with my hair. It was the I think it was coconut and hibiscus range, yeah. um, which I've kind of found didn't really... It, it probably dried out my hair a bit more. I found the condition, I, it didn't really do much for me. But now I've discovered this particular range and um, it works really well. So I use the shampoo, the conditioner, the leave-in conditioner, the I think this, a deep moisturising mask. For me, that seems to work really, really well. But I'll also, when I have got my hair out, I try to, to maintain moisture. I've got my own little my own little mix in my spray bottle mm-hmm. that is water, aloe vera juice, um, some, a bit of almond oil as well and sometimes I put a drop of leave-in conditioner in it and I just keep that in a bottle and I'll spray mm. that at night and stuff and I try, I try to get my son to use it as well just to keep it hair nice and moisturised what does the aloe vera do for it? do you know what I have no idea but <laughs> it sounds good <laughs> it sounded good and again from like watching things on YouTube a few people recommended it and then I had another friend that recommended putting it in mm. so so it works <laughs> search found what works i really want to try the apple cider vinegar yes yeah i keep seeing it everywhere and i don't but i don't know know what it's doing what it's supposed to do but it's supposed to do something and another one that i've seen which is apparently for hair growth overnight hair growth is rice water rinse have you heard of this no it just sounds odd but basically (laughs) apparently a lot of um in like some of the asian countries women there use it so you basically soak rice uncooked rice in water okay i don't know i don't even know for how long probably overnight or something and then you drain it drain the water out you keep the water put the rice aside obviously um and then you you rinse (laughs) you rinse your hair with this mingin rice water (laughs) and it's supposed to do wonders for your hair um must be to do with what what is in that i guess but again, there's just so many things like this that you just don't know what's real, what's worth trying, and what you're just an idiot for trying and, <laughs> and not. I tried to make my own conditioner once out of avocado mashed up, yeah. mayonnaise, yeah. and what was the other thing now? Olive oil, I think I put okay. in it. And when I put it on my head and it stunk, and my husband <laughs> said, you just smell like an egg sandwich. <laughs> And to be honest, I took it when I rinsed it off, like hoping for these amazing results. It just didn't. It didn't happen. No. Because let's be honest, there's things in conditioners that make them work. Exactly. Maybe people have got better experiences than I have, but I just think, uh, yeah, there's something in them. <laughs> so what products then, apart from your homemade stuff, yeah, I'm what not, products I'm not do you that use? Again. So because I, uh, I often have my hair braided, I just kind of will shove some sort of grease on it and plait it and then it's done. And I don't really, I do use this product. What's it called now? Um, it's like a braid, um, scalp Mm. oil. It's got peppermint in it. I can't remember the brand, but it's got peppermint in it and that just sort of relieves any itching. So I'll, I'll put that in my partings now and again. Um, but in terms of like shampoos and conditioners, I just find that 
a lot of the ones that seem to be recommended are quite expensive, like the mixed chips range yeah. and stuff like that. I've tried them. It's like, you know, 10 to 15 pounds a bottle. And let's be honest, we're not using a 5p sized amount of conditioner. I'm using half a bottle at yeah. time. <laughs> so I kind of gave up on all that. And I just buy like regular supermarket brands. I, mm. I use Tresemme quite a lot, to be honest. It's, fi- it's fine. Yeah. I like it because they do huge bottles yeah. quite cheap. Um, and it does, sort of does the job. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to invest a little bit more in that. But the shampoo conditioner part, I just shove anything on and then it's the aftercare. Yeah. So when it comes to aftercare, Cantu, I quite like their products. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sometimes I've tried Shea Moisture. Hit and miss, really. It just depends. I'm not quite convinced that coconut is the right thing mm. for my hair texture for some reason. It just doesn't seem to work as well as, say, like almond oil yeah. or... um some of the other ones. Another thing I thought of was when I was a kid, my mum always used to use Blue Magic, which if you'd have oh, heard, yes. heard the first podcast, <laughs> she talked a little bit about that. That was like the only thing that there was worth using, it seemed to be. Blue Magic or Dax. Blue Magic or Dax, yeah. So, but then when I, I started to think about it, and well, it was when I was a kid and I only had Blue Magic that my hair grew really long. <laughs> So it was actually a few months ago. I thought, well, I'm just going to go back to that. It's really cheap. It's like two quid for a massive pot. And maybe I'm missing a trick. Maybe we're just so driven now by the marketing around Afro hair that we're kind of forgetting that... Hair grew beforehand. Hair grew before all this stuff. And actually, I um, there's an Indian shop that I go to in Hume to get products and things. And it was the an Indian lady in there, working there, I was talking to her about products and she she basically just said to me, do you know what? In our culture, we just use coconut oil, that actually actual straight up coconut yeah. oil. Forget all these brands, just put this on. And she showed me this bottle of just like pure coconut, coconut oil. oil. And I thought, yeah, you know what? She's got a point. We're just so overwhelmed by products these days that maybe um, we need to kind of like bring it back to reality a little bit more. Back to basics. Yeah, which is why I think... You know, the, there are more sort of natural uh, product ranges out there now, like Afro Hair and Skin Company, who are trying to bring it a bit more back to basics um, and less about all these different things on the label. Because um, I, I don't know about you, but I like read the labels and I don't really know what I'm looking for anymore. I don't know what's good and what's bad. And, you know, people say it shouldn't have certain sulfates things in it. and sulfates, all these things. Yeah. But to be honest, I don't know. No. Fine, sulfates... I'll try to avoid them, but there are other things that could be in products and I'm just not completely sure as to whether they're good or bad. Yeah, but it's become, as I said, a whole marketing exercise around our hair type that was never there before. Mm. Um, Clearly, big brands have seen, actually, there's a bit of a movement going on now that we can cash in on and it's become a whole thing. And another thing we wanted to talk about was like the terminology behind natural hair as well, isn't it? Um, and there's a whole new dictionary of terms that we use, <laughs> which we thought we'd just run through. So TWA. Teeny weeny afro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's obviously when you, um, you've you done your big chop, which is another term. So you've cut all your hair off and then it's starting to grow back. Um, what else have we got? Transition, the word transition. I never heard that when I was a kid. I know, that was never a thing, was it? But no. now it is. It's almost like it's a big it's a big moment for somebody to transition yeah, yeah. from having relaxed hair, whatever it might be, to their natural hair. Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, the process of that, I guess. Um, twist outs as well. So when you've gone through the process, you've brushed your hair or whatever, then twisted it, and then you take the, twist, take the twists out. Yeah. Um, 
to leave your hair all all bouncy and, and wavy and curly. Yeah, wash and go. That's one I see a lot. So it's more, I see it more on YouTube and stuff of like, um, I think maybe it's more, I see more mixed race girls mm. doing the tutorials on it, but it's like, yeah, their process of how they wash their hair and get it to be big and, you know, big and curly. Um, so that's often talked about. Braid out. Yeah. So similar to a twist out, but yeah. you braided your hair instead uh, and then you undo it and just let it go. Yeah. I had that last week. I did a braid out. I did like six cornrows going back put some it was a um what's the brand now palmer's coconut oil oh, yeah. brand it was there um they have like an edge control okay. product which is quite good so i put that and it's for edges but i put it all over because <laughs> i need control all over and braided my hair slept on it with a headscarf on took that off in the morning and the results it's clearly because i need a trim yeah badly like i need a good few inches cut off but yeah the, the roots like the first half of my hair it came out quite defined like you could tell mm. the braid pattern but then the ends were still frizzy so that's that's my fault but i do like braid out or a twist yeah, out i'm quite a fan of a twist out as well it just tames definitely. it a bit doesn't it yeah. but at the same time you don't feel like you've gone too far from exactly your natural um yeah so what so what do we think sparked all this natural hairness it's been going on for it's about been a decade. It's going on for about a decade. And obviously around the same time was um, the film Good Hair that Chris Rock did. Yes, which will be 10 years old, I think, next year. And I think that's definitely, in terms of when I look back anyway, it's probably around the same time that people started to talk about natural hair a bit more. At least on a on a, on a a wider, more public scale, I think it became much more of a... Um, a mass market conversation where mm. more people were were aware of the fact that you know we black people mixed race people talked about who has good hair versus mm. you know the wrong kind of hair yeah definitely and I, I, I think i was a victim of that as i definitely did think there was a good hair type yeah. and it was not mine it was definitely it definitely had to be long yeah and it had to be have movement movement mm-hmm. to it basically so yeah, I, I enjoyed that film, but it was it was it was a bit of a reality check, I think, to watch it. Even though I think I'd already transitioned at that point, yeah, um, it was still like, yes, yes, this is out, and people <laughs> are talking about it. And that bit where um, he goes to again an Indian hair shop and suggests, well, why don't you sell Afro hair? Yeah, and the guy's just like, why would <laughs> no, you want exactly. to do that? No one's going to buy no one it. Wants it. It, which is funny because 10 years on, we've come quite far with that because you now have brands, which hopefully at some point on this podcast, we will talk to a few of them, run by black women selling hair that is more our texture, extension exactly. hair. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's, it just shows you how far we've come with it. And then obviously more recently than Good Hair, the movie, is Napoli Ever After, which has come out recently, which yeah. we've both watched. We have both watched what did it. You, what did you think of it? I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't think it's going to win any Oscars. No. <laughs> but in terms of, I think, being able to relate to that story and that experience, I thought it was really, it's nice to see that kind of story, you know, on a on a big scale. Um, you know, that moment where she's, she's got, she sleeps with her headscarf on, but then gets up yeah, <laughs> to go yeah. and straighten the hair yeah, before yeah. her, before her partner yeah, I've done sees that. it. I think we've probably yeah, all done, yeah, done that before. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I think there were certain bits of it that were a bit, I was a bit like, this is not quite accurate yeah. because I felt like she was wearing weaves 
entirely throughout. Yeah. So like when she dyed her hair, like yeah. it definitely wasn't her hair. But I got the point they were trying Fair to, to make. make. And I thought that the bit where she shaves all the hair off was quite a, a, it's quite a moment. moment. Yeah. And it did make you think, I mean, I wish I could do that. I, I could do it. Physically, I could do it. But I just, there's still something holding me back from that. But would you I ever? If, I don't know if I could. I, I watch things like that and I think it's just, it must be really, really liberating. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think I, I could. Every now and then I do think about, you know, if I should have a big chop and then I'm like, well, what happens? That, <laughs> the that, that, what, kind of that, that, panic. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think that's what she had as well. Yeah. She was very liberated doing it. And then, and then she woke cried. up the next day <laughs> and she was just like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And it didn't help that it was really, really... Um, not well, not very well cut. Exactly, it was bits everywhere, wasn't it? And once she actually had it shaved properly, it, it really suited oh, her. But that's it, isn't it? You just don't know what your head shape is exactly until you do it. <laughs> until it's too late. Yeah. So, but I think films like that, you know, it's good for people to, it's good to tell that story and to, for people to see that experience and understanding that actually, you know, there are a lot of young women and young girls who have probably been brought up to have their hair a certain way and be told that you have to have your hair your hair needs to be straight and silky mm. um and to never really experience you know what their own what their natural hair is like yeah and i think as well as those movies uh there's obviously a lot of celebrities that are helping with that now and i think basically the more people that have been abor- on board this natural hair movement famous or not the more it's empowered us as a collective to be like, yes, I'm part of this. I'm doing this. I think comparing that to when we were younger, there was nobody, the people that we could see in the media. So for example, Eternal, the girl band Eternal, they all had straight weaves, which I loved by the way. Yeah, totally. How how is their hair moving like that? (laughs) Because at that point I didn't know what a weave was. So I was like really like interested to investigate how they were getting that look, but there was them and there was, um, I can't really think who else. There wasn't really many people that weren't sort of that were wearing natural hair not at all so we had kind of no incentive to aspire to be a certain way and then like friends even and stuff that uh or people that you would see around again everyone was relaxing the hair that was like the coming of age yeah getting your relaxer it's true a lot of girls that was what your goal was so you you knew you'd made it once you finally got your relaxer And, and and that was the end of it so but I think it's quite nice, though, that now there are more people embracing it. And it's not just the celebrities. So, mm. you know, if you look at this natural hair movement, when you go onto Instagram and YouTube and things, there are people who are really, really championing it that are just, you know, they're normal, normal women who are helping other women or men to be able to embrace their, their natural hair. Is there anyone that you really enjoy following? So when I when it all sort of started kicking off on, on social media, there were a few people that kind of popped up on my feed that I immediately followed. The first ever one that I came across was Taryn Guy. Now she's, uh, she's from New York and she has this big, quite loose textured mixed race hair, basically. But she could get it to be very upright, very big and uh, just people were just loving it. She came across well, she comes across well still on video and she's very likeable, very watchable and... That was great. So there was her. And then the other one, the British girl, Fro Girl Ginny. I don't think she's called that anymore. But um, at the time, again, she was a similar kind of thing. Big, 
huge hair actually that had grown very long but was still very out you know and um she was sort of flying the flag for it too so I was following those two and then others came about and it started off as a positive thing because it's better to look I think at someone like them than Mm -hmm. it was say you know like when I was a kid and it was Kylie Minogue much better it's definitely in the right direction but there was also a problem with that I think that has probably come to light in the years following for a lot of women is that even with that you're sort of comparing yourself or aspiring to be like someone who might not have the exact same texture as you. And that was a bit of a problem because you kind of had this disillusion that yeah. our hair was the same. And it's not... Oh, she's mixed be. race. I'm mixed race. My hair is the same. And it, and it actually wasn't for those two people. It, it wasn't like theirs was much looser than mine. And it, mine was never going to be like mm. theirs, really. But it was better, I guess, than than what I'd had before. Exactly. What about you? Anybody? Um... So I I quite like UK Curly Girl just because I think she comes across quite well. Oh, yeah. Um, but on the texture argument, obviously our hair is totally, you're completely different. Mm. Um, but then I quite like following Afro Afro Glory because I think my hair's probably quite similar to her. So the stuff that she does, I can't always get it exactly the same, but I think it's nice to find somebody who you think your hairstyle is quite similar to. Yeah, you need that. Talking about this, anyway, it brings us on to something that's sort of quite widely talked about in recent years. Um, It's a bit of a sore subject in a way for me, um, and it's that issue of mixed race girls hijacking the natural hair movement. (laughs) So I think when I even saw that kind of sentence on social media, I was immediately offended Mm. because technically I fall into that category because I'm mixed race and I blog and vlog about my natural hair. And for me, I've only ever done that because it's a hobby. I like to do my hair. And I just thought it'd be great to share it with other people to give girls with a similar texture to me something that I never had, which was some sort of role model or something to follow. And it was never my intention for women with darker skin than me to feel offended because I put myself out there and... I consider it part of a natural hair movement. Um, But that is widely talked about. It is, but I I mean, I'd also say though that you still would have some similar experiences in that actually. You do have Afro hair. It's different. It might be different to mine, but because you are mixed race, you have got, you know, Afro in your hair. So you will still, you know, like you've said before, hairdressers and people might not have known how to look after your hair so whilst um it's easy to kind of say oh well you know you're as a mixed race woman you you might be different but you still had an experience and it's still good for you to to want to embrace the natural hair that you have on your head that's it yeah and I think it's not really my fault that I guess big brands automatically go back to their old habits, which is of going for the look that they believe is they used to, or that is they feel is easy to sell to. Um, So when we were younger, that look was always white and straight hair. And now they've kind of moved on from that. And it's now a bit more ambiguous. Yeah. You know, I think it's really interesting. Someone, for example, like Beyonce, she has built up a brand, basically, which fair play to her. You know, she's amazing. She's yeah. a, <laughs> nearly a billionaire, practically, and and she's done very, very well. But 
my question, would she have achieved all this with Afro hair? Exactly. With completely natural Afro hair, never having anything blonde exactly. or silky or long like that. Um, who knows? We don't know the we answer We don't know, but I think most of us probably have the have the feeling that she probably wouldn't have done because I remember through the whole kind of lemonade thing, there were mm. memes and stuff for Jake, like, oh my gosh, suddenly people realise Beyonce is actually black. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, she'd been able to... She's built up this profile, this reputation, but she has always had, you know, the yeah. the silky straight hair or even when it has been curly, it's been a looser curl and stuff. So people haven't really seen that. And on, at that scale, at that level of fame, um, that kind of platform that she has, there aren't really many women who, you know, have been able to achieve that with by just having their no. natural... And that, that is a shame. But at the same time, I'm glad that she's there now yeah. and she's in a position where she can now use her platform exactly. to try and do, you know, be herself a bit more perhaps. Yeah. And, and I think she is to a point and I, her sister's definitely helped definitely. with that. But I see it more now, you know, she's ex- more experimentative mm. with her hair and I mean, she still always goes back to the blonde, yeah. but that is her brand. That's fine. And I always think of that um, video she did with Shakira, that beautiful liar song. Oh, yeah, and you couldn't tell the difference you between You couldn't tell them, them apart, but yeah, <laughs> racially, they couldn't really be more different. Exactly. It's really interesting. So, yeah, that's just one example. But I think, generally speaking, it, this thing of colorism is not really very useful. Not because at all. Because we're not really helping ourselves. Not um, at all. Maybe it's, maybe it's a generational thing, because I just think... You know, we're in our 30s and when we were younger, I mean, people would just consider me black. Yeah. It wasn't really ever questioned. I would, you know, I'm half and half on paper, but no one would ever be saying I was anything but black, mm. really. Or it would be half cast, which is just awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were definitely all just put in the same bracket and had the same struggles. As I was saying before, there were no real role models um, on TV and things for whether you're mixed for race anybody. or black. And I think that's improved now. But yeah, I do agree that the ones that we are seeing the majority of are lighter skinned, looser hair or, or, or weaved hair or whatever, yeah. or wigs. Um, and easier for a white audience to take, yeah. I guess, if I'm being brutally honest. No, you're right. So another one is Meghan Markle. I wanted to ask your thoughts on her. Would she be married? Would she be married and pregnant to Prince Harry <laughs> if she had an afro? <laughs> would the Queen How much have time okay have we got? That? I don't know. I don't know if that would have happened. I mean, we've they've, they've moved on a lot, but if Meghan was walking around with her, you know, with a teeny weeny afro, yeah, or some cornrows, <laughs> cornrows, I don't think so. I mean, to be honest, I think it's one thing her marrying into the family I think when this baby arrives that's going to be a whole different story that's a whole different podcast mm. to be honest because we don't know you know this baby could end up with a serious afro we just don't we know could, do we just it. don't know which way it's going to go we know that from the mixed race people that you look around and see like it can go either way you can be bang in the middle or totally one parent versus the other but it's interesting with Megan because she had straight hair before she was with him exactly. that was her look that yeah. was always her thing so you know it's no I'm not um she hasn't changed her. herself. She hasn't. No, she's not. She, from from what I can see, she's not trying to conform to what the royal family wants yeah. specifically. But, but we don't know now if she'll ever be able to embrace a different kind of image or look because no. of the family that she's now joined. And that's for anybody that marries, you know, into the royal family. I'm yeah. sure, you know, Kate Middleton's obviously been told, well, she has to dress a certain way, look a certain yeah. way. But I guess for Meghan, 
it does mean you know she she can probably never have you know and yeah exactly she's not going to be rocking box braids or cornrows to go and shake hands with no <laughs> with country leaders or whoever so um mm. but you know back to the colorism thing anyway i was thinking as well it's the same with makeup makeup's come quite a long way hasn't it definitely. especially recently with like rihanna's brand and definitely. stuff that everyone talks about that and i just wanted to make the point that you know when i was a teenager i found it difficult to find a foundation that matched my skin yeah. But I'd imagine it was harder for you than me, Claire. But we both struggled. Exactly. We both struggled. I mean, I found it hard. The only brand that we knew of that was affordable was Sleek. Mm. Uh, that was it. Um, fashion Fair, if you were lucky. Yes. But that was really, really expensive. And actually, sometimes I found that Fashion Fair products didn't actually quite mm. get my skin tone anyway. Now, it's obviously so much easier because there are mainstream brands that are embracing more more mm. shades. They're understanding that actually people do come in different skin tones. Mm. I found it difficult because, well, back then, I didn't fit into the white brands, yeah. but equally the, the black brands were too dark and there wasn't really a middle Anything ground. In the middle. I used to wear um, Ruby and Millie. Okay, yeah, I remember that. They don't exist anymore. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I think when you talk about, you know, this argument of have mixed race women almost hijack the natural hair movement, I just... I think it's unfair to say that anybody's been hijacking anything. I think we, nobody should really deny anybody else's experience. Yeah. And if actually, you know what, if it is bringing more people to talk about natural hair, then that's a positive it's a good thing. thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I also think pe- we shouldn't all get tarred with the same brush. Exactly. We shouldn't assume that all mixed race or like Americans like to call it biracial women. I don't like biracial at all. But yeah, that all biracial women have the same type of hair. I just want to read a little bit of an extract from an article I saw on Medium about this, which just infuriated me. So the title was How Instagram Destroyed the Natural Hair Movement. And this lady says, If all women of colour had the grade of hair that Tracy Ellis Ross and others like her possess, then there wouldn't be the urgent need to encourage black women to release their fear of going natural. These women are able to splash around the pool or or ocean without making arrangements for the furious aftermath. They can wash their hair daily, run their fingers through it with leave-in conditioner and head out for brunch. Their bad hair days are considered awesome hours in my world. And that's why it irks me beyond words to watch their pages littered with hashtags that they haven't earned. (laughs) Now that just makes me so angry because... Technically, I fall into the category she's talking yeah. about, but I'm none of those things. I can't just go swimming and my hair not shrink and be really dry. I can't just run my fingers through it with leave-in conditioner and, and off I go. It takes time and effort and work. And it's such it's such a generalisation and it's the type of thing that actually, let's be honest, if somebody else was making such a wide sweeping statement about a black person, yeah, you know, with the up in arms and... Mm. <laughs> It's really, really unfair. And like I said, I don't think it's fair for anybody to start denying someone's existence. You're getting lumped into a group and she's assuming that all mixed race women have it have it easy in terms of their hair journey and their hair experience, which clearly isn't true. And it's totally unfair. No. So I guess the conclusion to all this <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, we're here to just embrace all different hair textures and hair types that are considered, you know, yeah, Afro hair, whether that be mixed race or not, and just talk openly about it and, yeah, find ways of working with all our different textures, as we've said before. Definitely. 
Right. So I think we've exhausted natural hair. Um, <laughs> although, yeah, I'm sure we'll do more podcast episodes mm. on things to do with natural hair Definitely. anyway and products and things. But um, yeah, great to have another one under our belt. Um, we'd love to see our listeners' natural hair. So please do feel free to tag us in your pictures on Instagram. Use the hashtag main of your own. And if you have any stories or experiences that you want to share with us and your thoughts on the natural hair movement, then feel free to post your comments and use the hashtag as well. Great. So we'll be back in a fortnight with another episode uh, talking about all things Afro hair. Cheers, guys. Bye.